the snow is falling outside my window and holiday season is here, friends. I love the holidays, but as thyroid thrivers, the holidays can put us in a bit of a pickle. We want to enjoy celebration days like Thanksgiving, which is right around the corner, and we want to enjoy the food. This can make the holidays a tricky time for us because oftentimes we might get bloated or inflamed or brain fogged just downright symptomatic from eating things like gluten, dairy, sugar, or soy. Thanksgiving in particular can be especially tough because so many of our beloved Turkey Day recipes are loaded with inflammatory ingredients. So how do we navigate holiday food without either A, having to prepare a second gluten and dairy-free feast on a day that's already the biggest cooking day of the year, or B, abandoning the needs of our bodies because we don't want to miss out on those traditional foods we love. And oftentimes we're maybe afraid of disappointing or inconveniencing others. There is a better option and a way through this that is delicious, it's low stress, and it's aligned with the special dietary needs that we have as thyroid drivers. It took me years to figure this out, but it absolutely is possible to enjoy the holidays and the food without abandoning your needs. I'm thrilled to be able to share my tips and strategies for a thyroid healthy holiday season with you in today's episode. Hello, thyroid drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. All right, the holidays are here, friend. And for some of us, that sparks a little bit of dread. As thyroid thrivers, we need to eat well to feel well. And that often comes with some hardline dietary eliminations like gluten, dairy, sugar, maybe even alcohol. So naturally, a time of year that celebrates consuming all those things, often in excess, would present a dilemma to those of us who suffer consequences from eating them. So how do we get through the holidays the thyroid healthy way? The answer is simple, with help. And before we dive into the show, I've got some good news for you. Help is here. I just launched a brand new resource that's going to solve Thanksgiving for you. It's called the Thyroid Healthy Thanksgiving Survival Guide and Cookbook. So if you're wondering, how am I going to pull this meal off? How can I enjoy this food that revolves around ingredients I don't eat? How can I do this without having to make two versions of everything? Regular mashed potatoes and dairy-free mashed potatoes, regular stuffing and gluten-free stuffing. I'm exhausted just thinking about all that, but you are not alone. These are the real life dilemmas we face when we have a chronic illness that requires we eat well in order to feel well. So if you're wondering, how do we do it? We do it with the right tools, a solid game plan, and tried and true recipes that your whole family will love. They won't even notice they're gluten, dairy, soy, and refined sugar-free. Inside my Thanksgiving survival guide is a complete done-for-you Thanksgiving menu with thyroid-healthy recipes, a done-for-you shopping and prep list, a step-by-step game plan that enables you to know exactly what needs to be done and when. I've even included a list of my essential Thanksgiving tools. 
And even if you don't want to follow my done for you menu, there are do it yourself menu planning templates, a catalog of 14 additional thyroid friendly holiday recipe options, and a survival guide created by someone with over 20 years of professional cooking and catering experience, who also happens to be a Cordon Bleu trained chef. That's me. <laughs> so throughout the Thanksgiving guide, you're going to find my personal tips, tricks, hacks, and chef secrets to help you up level your turkey day game, whether you're hosting the big event or just bringing a dish to pass. I've been working on this since last year and I'm so excited about it because this is a resource that you can come back to really year after year. And when I created this, I set out to inspire you and to show you that there is a better way. The holidays can be thyroid healthy too and delicious. These are recipes that I've adapted, developed, and served at my own Thanksgiving table for years. They're not good for gluten-free kind of recipes, they're just good. So no more making two separate meals on what is already the biggest cooking day of the year. If you'd like to learn more, see what's inside, and get instant access to your own copy, go to hypothyroidchef.com slash Thanksgiving. Once again, that's hypothyroidchef.com slash Thanksgiving. I'll put that link in the show notes for you as well. All right, let's get into the show. Today we're talking about navigating the holidays as a thyroid thriver with dietary restrictions. I want to start by sharing my personal journey with this because I've made all the mistakes. I've tried all the tactics. Ultimately, I've kind of come to this place where I feel like I've got the hang of it. In other words, it just doesn't really stress me out anymore. And once again, I really love and look forward to our holiday celebrations, including the food. But the first few years were rocky. So if that's where you are, I get it. I know what it's like. And that's why I want to share this personal story with you. Then after that, we'll cover some of the toughest aspects of navigating holiday food, including dealing with expectations, both our own and others, making healthy boundaries, both with yourself and others, and sidestepping temptation, because let's face it, gluten, dairy, and sugar taste good. Okay, here's my story. Since 2015, I've been eating a thyroid healthy diet free of gluten, dairy, soy, and refined sugar. Incorporating thyroid healthy eating starting in about 2015 was really foundational for me in getting my health and energy back. It's been a long road, there's been a lot of twists and turns, but food has been that consistent, reliable tool in my toolbox. I avoid the foods that hurt and incorporate foods that help. And that's what enables me to maintain and move and recover despite Hashimoto's. So with time, I've gotten to a good place with this, but it was not easy at first. And it definitely didn't happen overnight. It took a while to get the hang of thyroid healthy eating. And one of the aspects of it that took the longest to get the hang of was holiday food. Thanksgiving can be especially tough because so many of those beloved Thanksgiving recipes are laden with inflammatory ingredients like dairy, gluten, and refined white sugar. Now, as a Cordon Bleu trained chef and cooking instructor, I really struggled suddenly having these limitations. Even though I could see and feel how my health improved almost immediately from these thyroid healthy changes, I still kind of fumbled my way through the first few holiday seasons. 
Because here's the thing, even if we know which foods to avoid, even if we know and have experienced firsthand the negative impacts some of those foods have on our bodies, even if we're normally really in tune with what foods we thrive on and which foods we don't, it can still be tough to stay on track during the holiday season because food and especially holiday food traditions have deep emotional roots. At first, it just didn't feel like Thanksgiving to me without Grandma Louise's pumpkin pie or my brother's homemade Chex Mix or that Michigan favorite cheesy hash brown casserole. There were some failed experiments along the way too, like gluten-free stuffing that I still haven't heard the end of from my son who loves stuffing. And there have been compromises like, as an example, I do make traditional stuffing for him on Thanksgiving. That's his non-negotiable. The difference is that now I have an equally delicious alternative that I can enjoy. And I'll tell you about that later in the show, but having that on my plate is important because it helps me feel like I'm not missing out. So this is kind of a dance and that dance belongs to you. And you'll find your own non-negotiables and alternatives along the way. It does get easier, so do take heart. But I remember those first couple of Christmases after I realized that gluten, dairy, and refined sugar weren't really working for me. It took time to adapt. And at first, I thought the sky was going to fall if I didn't, say, make eight different kinds of Christmas cookies like we always did growing up. Come to find out... Nobody cared if I made Christmas cookies in my family. My family doesn't really love cookies. They just would leave me with a bunch of them to eat, and then that made me feel awful. I was also struggling a lot with candida back then, and candida loves sugar. So what I eventually realized was that all I was really doing was clinging to this memory of the past that wasn't really serving me, and doing that was really undermining my health. I had a lot of those wake up calls and aha moments. I think that's just something that we all have to go through to some degree. So yeah, it's a dance. And the first few years that dance for me was like, it was like Elaine on Seinfeld, okay? Just totally herky jerky and cringe, okay? I tried a lot of gluten and dairy free Thanksgiving recipes that my family turned their noses up at, which was frustrating for everyone. I tried bargaining with myself like it's just one day a year, right? And then I would eat everything. And of course, that made me feel awful and flared up a bunch of symptoms. It was like, okay, how many more times do I have to learn this lesson and remind myself that this is a bad idea? And it also really backtracked my progress and then just made me want more of those foods. It was like a slippery slope. So I do not recommend that tactic. I also tried making just a few things I could eat and then making all the other traditional stuff for my family. Like I'd say to myself, I'll just not eat that. All I really need is turkey, potatoes, and salad. And guess what? I failed that test every single time. So It's taken that trial and error, but with time, I've learned a few things along the way about navigating the holiday season without going off the rails. For me, it's a combo strategy. So part of that is identifying my hardline no foods and then identifying those foods that maybe I can indulge in a little bit because food freedom is important. 
It's also about finding amazing holiday recipes that just happen to work with my dietary restrictions. And it's been about figuring out those traditional recipes that my family must have and ditching the rest, like green bean casserole. I was making that stuff every year because, again, I thought the sky would fall and it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without it. But it turns out nobody wanted it but me. So I realized that with recipes like that, why am I making this? All I'm doing is tempting myself with something that I know isn't good for me. I'm actually hurting myself and nobody else cares if it's on the table. Another part of my strategy is that with those traditional must-haves, I've learned to always give myself an alternative that works for me. And the final part of my strategy is just self-compassion and self-forgiveness. Stay in tune with your body. Love your body enough to listen to the feedback it's giving you and to honor that feedback. But let's let the perfectionism and guilt and just being way too hard on ourselves go. This journey is not about being super disciplined or eating perfectly. It's about avoiding that spike in symptoms or even antibodies that can come from just one day of bombarding yourself with inflammatory foods. It's about loving and accepting ourselves enough to give ourselves the foods that we need to thrive. I'll let you in on a little secret about myself here. I am not a person who is naturally good at self-denial. It's just not one of my top character strengths. I can guarantee many of you out there listening are better at this than me. My true nature is hedonism. I'm a chef. I'm a writer. I'm a Scorpio. I want it all and I want lots of it. And a really deep part of me is like, no way am I going to spend the rest of my life feeling deprived, especially at the holidays. So I'm always trying to hack this. And I think it's part of what really drives my work here as hypothyroid chef. I'm always trying to figure out how yummy can we make this without crossing the line. Personally, I'm also always weighing out like what can I get away with and then what do I need to be more self-disciplined about. So I'm a firm believer that finding a thyroid healthy path we can stick with really takes both. There's the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, right? And those two are always going to be there. So the question becomes, how do we get them to serve us rather than the other way around? I've been at this for about eight years now, and I'd say it took me at least three or four to get to where I felt like our holidays were really dialed. That's why I wanted to put together my Thanksgiving survival guide for you because I've been there and I'm always trying to come up with those ways to help you take your healing journey farther, faster, and for you not to have to make those mistakes that I did. So once again, you can check that out at hypothyroidchef.com Thanksgiving. All right, in this next part of the show, I wanna share some pragmatic tips with you that you can cherry pick from to help you through the holidays. But before we move on, part of my wish for you this holiday season is that you dance your way through it. Even if you look like Elaine from Seinfeld for a while, eventually you're gonna be doing the tango. So have patience, have faith, you got this. I'm cheering you on and I am here for you. Okay, let's talk about dealing with expectations, both our own expectations and the expectations of others. Thyroid healthy eating, I think in general, requires some flexibility. And for most of us, it requires some change. 
There's those common dietary triggers we might need to avoid like gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, grains, nightshades, processed foods in general. So depending on how you eat now or how your, your family eats, this can be a major departure from your norms. At holiday time, those family traditions are literally on the table. So what can we do when great aunt Ida is insisting that you have a piece of her famous pumpkin pie or uncle uh, Eddie will do a national lampoons character for you here uncle Eddie declares after a six pack that the whole gluten free thing is just a bunch of hogwash. As thyroid thrivers it sometimes requires that we do have to be that person, as in the one with special dietary needs and our families sometimes can be less than understanding, especially when they don't understand what it means to live with a chronic invisible autoimmune illness that affects every system in the body. We understand that, don't we? So really the only opinion that matters here is your own. The number one thing I think we have to do is to unhook from their expectations, to literally let ourselves off the hook from. They don't live in your body. They probably don't know what you know about living with something like hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's or without a thyroid. They might not understand your needs and they honestly might not really want to. That's their business. It's not yours. Your business is taking care of you and nobody else is going to do that for you. So we have to do that for ourselves. You don't have to explain or educate those less than sensitive relatives. You don't have to convert them to your way of thinking about health. So don't feel obligated or even like just waste your energy on doing that. You do you. You fill your plate as you see fit. It's your body and your business. If someone insists on commenting about your choices or even even just kindly inquires about it, here's a few things you can say to them. I just feel so much better if I don't eat certain foods. Or here's another one. I've been able to get rid of a lot of my thyroid symptoms by cutting out certain foods. And if you find yourself getting some pressure from Aunt Ida about that famous pie, you can say something like, it looks so delicious, and it's not that I don't want to, it's just that for me it's not worth it. Here's the bottom line. The people who truly love and care about and want what's best for you would never want you to cause yourself harm just to protect their feelings. Put yourself in their shoes. Would you ever want someone to eat something that was going to make them feel unwell? just to spare your feelings? I'm gonna guess no here because you're a thyroid driver. So this is something that you inherently get. You've probably developed some compassion and empathy for what it's like to have dietary needs and restrictions. So let yourself off that hook. Just say, no, thank you. That's all you have to say. That's all it really takes in most cases I find is just, no thanks. It's your body, your health, and your right to choose what goes into your mouth and on your plate and what doesn't. But what about our own expectations? Because there's that little kid inside each of us who just doesn't feel like a holiday meal is complete without grandma's mac and cheese or your mom's special cookies or crazy Uncle Eddie's eggnog or whatever it is. First, there is no way around it. We have to grieve. I highly encourage you to journal, to cry, to talk to someone about it, 
those tears wash away our clinging to the past so that we can let go. And I truly believe that we have to grieve in order to move forward into that bright and healthy future for ourselves. It is hard. It is sad. And I promise you, it will get easier. But on some level, it's probably always going to be a bit of a tender spot. I know it is for me. So love yourself tenderly through it. Tell someone who loves you, I miss being able to eat this. It hurts. It's hard. Can we have the courage and the grace to sit with that and to feel that grief when it comes up? When we do, what's on the other side? Acceptance. Acceptance is what's on the other side because this is what your body needs. And you're not alone. If you feel alone in this, think about the millions and millions of others out there with dietary restrictions, maybe from food allergies, maybe diabetes, heart disease, other autoimmune diseases, they're out there too. And ask yourself, if it was someone you love, what would you want for them? You would want them to abide by and speak up for and honor their needs so they could feel well. And so they could live a long and happy life, right? That's what I want for you. That's what your loved ones want or should want for you. If not, that's another conversation and another show. But as thyroid drivers, I think that's what we all want for each other. Look, people can be insensitive. That's their business, not yours. You do you, love. You take care of you. You may not get the empathy and understanding that you want or deserve. It's okay to look elsewhere for the support you need. It's okay to decide that other people, even relatives, don't get to dictate how you live your life. And it's okay to be sad and to cry those tears about it. The only way out is through. This brings me to our next topic, which is making healthy boundaries. Again, this one applies to both yourself and others. So what does making healthy boundaries mean? It means being aware of what is and is not acceptable and then normalizing saying no. It means doing what's best for you and knowing that it's not your responsibility to sacrifice yourself for others. I really feel like the younger generations have a much healthier handle on this. Personally, this goes against a lot of what I was taught growing up as a Gen Xer. The needs and feelings of others come first, right? Can anyone relate? That's something I've had to personally work hard on and deconstruct. And this is why I emphasize the emotional part of the healing journey so much. Because I know I'm not the only one who struggles with this and I know how powerful it is as a root cause. As women, for example, we're hardwired to put the needs of others before ourselves. So don't be surprised if this one strikes a bit of a nerve or maybe even requires some professional support to work through. The image I kind of think of is throwing yourself down on the train tracks for the needs of someone else. When I catch myself doing that, that visual is like my little inner red flag now, and it's taken a lot of practice. Just like self-regulation doesn't come naturally to me, neither do boundaries, but I have gotten a lot better at it. And holy cow, this is a good feeling. It is a tremendous weight lifted. So when you have that awareness and skills and self-respect to say, nope, actually my needs matter. So do yours, but so do mine. It's such a good feeling. So tip number one with healthy boundaries around holiday food, identify your hard line. 
what is your absolute no when it comes to food? Is it gluten, dairy, nightshades? Maybe it's all three. Is it something else entirely? We all have bio-individual needs, so the answer to this really depends on you. And what identifying what your hard line is does for you is it enables you to kind of leverage your flexibility. So when you know what your absolute no's are, then you can find some wiggle room with the other stuff. We like wiggle room. Wiggle room means food freedom and food freedom is important. It's important to our happiness and to finding a sustainable path through thyroid healthy eating, meaning one that you can stick with long term. I want to pause and speak for a minute to those of you who are in a place of not much food freedom because maybe you're on a strict healing regimen with food. I've been there and it's been incredibly healing and therapeutic. The food freedom that I have now has in large part come from those times where I had to buckle down and say, do a few months on an elimination diet like the autoimmune protocol or AIP to heal or reset my gut. So that self-denial and self-regulation might be necessary temporarily when you're on a strict healing protocol like that. And if that's where you are now, have faith that it's worth it. But long-term, it isn't really, it's not the long-term goal. Those elimination diets are not meant to be long-term. That's a common misconception. The long-term goal is to be able to reintroduce most foods. So going back to our discussion on finding our hard line, this might change over time depending on where you're at, what you're working on, you know, just where you're at with your health. Like if you're in the middle of a strict gut healing elimination diet like AIP, maybe your hard line this year is going to be sticking to that. And then maybe next year after you've done some healing and hopefully been able to successfully reintroduce some foods, you might have some more wiggle room. That's, I think, one of the best things that can come from the AIP diet is the ability to eventually tolerate more foods. So for me, currently, my hard line is gluten because gluten has the potential to cause a lot of havoc regardless of the amount. So in essence, a bite of bread can be just as bad for us as eating the whole loaf. I also have some foods that aren't quite hardline, but I do try my best to avoid or limit them because I've learned that, you know, I'm best without them for the most part, but I do have a little wiggle room and I take it. So dairy, for example, some people find that they can tolerate some dairy in small amounts. Some find they might do better with cultured dairy or aged raw milk cheeses, like a little bit of true Parmesan Reggiano. This is the case for me. If someone brings a cheese tray over, I can have a bite or two and be okay. If I want to sprinkle some Parmesan on my gluten-free pasta, I can get away with that. Now, drinking a glass of cow's milk, I am getting bloated just thinking about that. <laughs> but here's the thing with knowing and defining those food boundaries. So when friends or family are really like cool enough to ask, what are your dietary restrictions? Give them a good solid answer. So being wishy-washy can be confusing to everyone, including you. I speak from experience here. I find that just a short and to the point, I don't do gluten or what have you, is appreciated. In fact, that phrase, I don't eat blank or I don't do blank, is the best way you can possibly phrase that. 
Why? Why does it matter? Because you can make this easier on yourself and others by mindfully using language. This is a really cool tool. So let me explain this in a little bit more detail. You are eight times more likely to stick with your dietary goals if you say, I don't eat that versus I can't eat that. This is something that I learned recently online from Marie Forleo, who she shared this research based on the empirical studies of Dr. Vanessa Patrick. And Dr. Patrick studied a group of participants who were trying to achieve long-term health and wellness goals. So that's us, right? And they were instructed to say to themselves and others, either I don't eat that or I can't eat that. And what do you think they found? Nine out of 10 participants who said, I can't eat that, failed in their attempt to be persistent in their health and wellness goals. But those who said, I don't eat that, eight out of 10 succeeded. So in other words, you are eight times more likely to succeed at your goals if you tell yourself and others, I don't do gluten versus I can't eat gluten. So why do you think that is? What they found is that it's because I can't implies external power. It implies that you're forbidden or denied this pleasure. It's a victim language. Whereas I don't implies empowerment and commitment. I don't eat gluten implies that you know better and you're honoring your needs. Friends, this is, this is big stuff. This is thriver language. Saying I don't eat that lets both others and your subconscious mind know that you are an informed and empowered person who's committed to your optimal ongoing health. And that sometimes includes foregoing certain things. But cool, huh? All right, moving on, we've talked about dealing with expectations. We've talked about healthy boundaries. Let's talk about facing what is perhaps our greatest challenge when it comes to thyroid healthy holiday choices our own desires. <laughs> Let's talk about sidestepping temptation because we all know gluten, dairy, and sugar just taste good. So basically what sidestepping temptation comes down to is time, trial, and error so that we can build self-awareness. Okay, self-awareness about what? Well, number one, knowing when to lean on substitutes and when to come up with alternatives. I'm talking about recipes here. So for example, is what you need a pumpkin pie substitute, like a crustless pumpkin pie, or is what you need a pumpkin pie alternative, like my pumpkin panna cotta with sweet and spicy pumpkin seed brittle that just happens to be gluten, dairy, and refined sugar-free? Does that make sense? So a substitute is like a version of that recipe that's similar to the original, but without your hardline dietary exclusions. And an alternative recipe is something else entirely. So I think pumpkin pie is actually a pretty good example here because no matter how good that crustless pie filling is, to me, it's always gonna feel like it's missing something. In those cases, I notice that not only do I feel like something's missing, but there's maybe a little more grousing from my family members too. So I prefer sometimes that alternative recipe, like the pumpkin panna cotta. Stuffing is a similar scenario at my table. Gluten-free stuffing cubes are just, I don't know, I haven't found one I like, and I definitely haven't found one that my family likes. So if you found one you love, let us know in the comments. 
but I haven't found one. So what I did was diverted and I came up with a wild rice dressing. It's got sausage, sage, pecans, cranberries. It's so good. And it's nothing like bread stuffing, which honestly makes it easier for me. Bread is just no longer really a staple in my life. It's kind of easier for me just to not eat it, even the gluten-free kind. Now, as I mentioned earlier, my son isn't going to be happy without regular bread stuffing at Thanksgiving. So that's okay with me. I'll make the regular stuff for him. I've got my wild rice dressing that I love as an alternative. My plate isn't missing something and neither is his. Everyone's happy. And that's one thing that I might make two versions of. That wild rice dressing, which is one of the recipes in my thyroid healthy Thanksgiving guide, along with the pumpkin panna cotta, both of them everyone loves. Now, let's talk mashed potatoes. These are essential in my book, and it's essential to me that they taste like pretty much like the real thing. The same goes for gravy. So I did a lot of trial and error to come up with a recipe for the ultimate gluten and dairy-free mashers and gravy. If I don't mention it to anyone that they're dairy-free, nobody notices, including my family. Like they just, they have no idea that they're not made the traditional way. So why mention it? Now, that's what works for my family and me. If you and your family have a lot of dietary restrictions or if you're on a more strict healing protocol, you might want to have a mashed potato alternative that's nightshade free or AIP compliant. I just published a recipe on the blog for olive oil, mashed cauliflower and white sweet potatoes that is so delicious. I wouldn't say it tastes just like the real thing, but it's a pretty solid alternative. And not only that, it's gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo, AIP. I think it's even vegan compliant. So in some cases, you might find holiday traditions that are worth ditching altogether too. Like for me, it was the green bean casserole and the Christmas cookies. But my son and I like to decorate Christmas cookies. And I don't want him and I to miss out on that tradition. So what we often do instead now is we get those gingerbread house kits and we decorate that together. They're so cute. They make such a sweet Christmas decoration for the house. And yeah, they contain gluten, dairy, sugar, all kinds of processed food ingredients, but they're not really meant to be eaten. So we get to enjoy that tradition and the decorating without having to resist the temptation of, you know, eight dozen Christmas cookies laying around the house. That's another thing that you may wanna consider is maybe finding some non-food related ways to celebrate. Uh, decorate and burn a Yule log around holiday time or another favorite of mine is to make a gratitude tree at Thanksgiving. This one is so easy and I love it. So I'll tell you really quickly how to do it. So you just take a few small branches, you can go out in your yard and clip them or whatever, put them in a mason jar filled with rocks, then cut out some leaf shapes and fall colors from construction paper, put a little piece of string through each leaf, and then leave a marker out so people can write something they're thankful for on the leaves and hang those on the tree. It's so cute, it's so sweet. It's just a great way to really get in touch with the spirit of the holiday, which turns out to be actually a really effective way to distract yourself from the fact that the holidays are indeed different for you now. They just are. The holidays are loaded with foods and drinks that diminish rather than support our health. And when it comes right down to it, 
what fun is it to feel awful through the holidays and beyond? I know this can be emotionally heavy. I get it. We all have days when we just wish we could eat and drink what everyone around us is eating and drinking. But genius is working within limitations and we can totally find ways to celebrate within our limitations. So define your hard line, leverage your flexibility, find ways to fill in the gaps with things that are in alignment with your health needs and goals and values. If you're avoiding alcohol, for example, make a mocktail like it sounds simple, but it really works wonders for not feeling so deprived when you have something yummy in your glass, which, by the way, I created an amazing mocktail for my thyroid healthy Thanksgiving guide. It's a cranberry ginger fizz and it is so good. You will love it. Here's what, in my experience, doesn't work when it comes to sidestepping temptation. Self-denial, as in just, I won't eat that. Self-harm, as in, I'll just eat it and pay the consequences. Self-loathing, as in, I ate it and now I'm going to punish myself with extreme fasting or extreme dietary restriction or something like that. Practice forgiveness because there's probably going to be some slip ups during the holidays. It happens to the best of us. We might overindulge. We might get accidentally glutened. We succumb to temptation. Maybe we just choose to throw caution to the wind. If this happens to you, don't beat yourself up. Just lean on those diet and lifestyle practices that will help you recover, like Lots of water, walking, maybe some digestive enzymes, healing foods like bone broth, detoxifying foods like beets or blueberries. Love yourself all the way back to that happy, healthy place and keep going. Don't let that one blip or that one slip up take you all the way off the track. Before you know it, you're going to be cruising along again and feeling better. And really, that's the journey. It comes with those ups and downs nobody's perfect. And if there's a time to do some mindful indulging, I think the holidays are it. But if you're a thyroid driver like me, you've probably learned that some of those indulgences now come with a bigger price tag. So I'll leave you with this final thought. Joy and celebration are what the holidays are all about, but no amount of deliciousness can make up for feeling crummy. Nothing tastes as good as being healthy and well feels. I hope this episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites has been helpful to you. Most of all, I hope you make some strides this year towards finding your own peace, your own way, your own dance with Thyroid Healthy Holidays. If you need help and support with that, I'm here and at your service. You can book a coaching call with me to discuss your current health challenges and goals for the holiday season. You can browse my free recipe blog for loads of thyroid healthy holiday recipes. And don't forget to check out my brand spanking new thyroid healthy Thanksgiving survival guide and cookbook if you're ready to slingshot your way to thyroid healthy holidays. This is a great place to start. So you can check it out at hypothyroidchef.com slash Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for watching. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it so much if you would like, subscribe, or leave a review. Your support is at the top of my gratitude list this year. So I offer you my heartfelt thanks for being here and for spending this time with me. I'm Jenny Mahar wishing you the best of health, happy holidays, and I'll see you next time.